Amen. Well, when we pray, and uh, there's been a week that we've needed prayer this week. Would you all agree? It's needed every week, but uh, this week uh, with the tornado uh, that has hit uh, here close to, uh, in our community and affected so many families, uh, it's been uh, a need to pray maybe on a, maybe a, even a more intense level, if you would. And uh, a lot of families are affected, impacted uh, by that. A lot of them in our church here. And, uh, you know, so uh, I just want to say it was awesome to see uh, our church respond in such a positive way. Uh, I was just upstairs, and there's all kinds of gift cards that have come in to give to people. And I appreciate you guys having such a heart to, uh, to bless others, because we never know whenever we help someone when one day we might need that help, right? And uh, we never know what that's going to, what kind of difference it's going to make when you do help someone. You, you know, you just, you help them and uh, you never know what kind of impact that's going to have. So I just want to say thank you to the church and uh, thank you to all of you for, uh, for helping and uh, reaching out. And even today I've had guys walk up and say, listen, if somebody needs help this week, and there's still plenty of work to be done. Um, uh, you know, there's houses and just trying to clear driveways and things like that. So there's a lot of, lot of work still yet, yet to be done. And there's a lot of people that lost not only stuff, they lost, they lost family members, uh, they lost uh, friends, you know, and so uh, it has impacted our, our community. And so I appreciate you guys uh, praying for them and praying for, uh, for impact. Today is uh, Martin Luther King's birthday, and uh, he, he prayed a prayer uh, years ago that I think is pretty powerful and kind of talks about how the church uh, is supposed to respond. And so thankful that the church has responded in a time of need like it has. But listen to this prayer. It says... Uh, we thank you uh, for your church founded upon your word that challenges us to do more than sing and pray, but to go out and to work as though the very answer to our prayers depended on us and not upon you. Help us to realize that humanity was created to shine like the stars and live, uh, and live on through all eternity. Keep us, uh, we pray, in perfect peace. Help us to walk together, pray together, sing together, and live together until that day when all God's children, black, white, red, brown, and yellow, will rejoice in one common bond, uh, one band of humanity in the reign of our Lord and our God, we pray. Amen. Martin Luther King. Isn't that awesome? That's a powerful prayer. And, uh, and so I, I, I pray in agreement with him on that, that, you know, that we would realize that there are times that, you know what, we, we need to pray and there's times when we need to work. You know, we need to put our hands to the plow and we need to get done what needs to get done. And so, uh, so there's plenty of work to be done. If you want to be a part of helping out with some of the disaster cleanup, uh, there's plenty of ways I'm sure that you can help out. And like I said, we've been taking in gift cards and we'll give those to people that have need. Uh, you can also get a Samaritan's Purse. I think they do a great job of ministering. I know there's a lot of work to be done in the Selma area and really all along that, that, that line of the tornado. So thank you all for being the church and, and being the hands. Uh, and so again, we, we, need, uh, we need to know that, you know what, prayer is powerful. And uh, so yesterday uh, we had a, a, a group of people that gathered and, and they went to the different high schools and they prayed. They prayed over uh, the schools. They prayed over the educators. They prayed over the leadership. And then we came back here. We had a time of prayer here. Uh, where we gathered, uh, we had a little bit of worship, and then we prayed, man. We just we, we prayed over this building. You guys may not realize this, but you were prayed over. The very seat that you're sitting in was prayed over. So you have been prayed for before you ever even got here today. And then uh, we had people that uh, needed prayer, and we had them come up, and we would pray over them uh, at the end of that prayer service. And it was a powerful time. And God just did some incredible things uh, here in the room. So, uh, so we pray for, like I said, people that are just driving by that feel drawn here. And uh, we pray over these doors, and we pray that whenever people walk through, they feel the peace and the presence of God. Uh, maybe some of you just needed some peace this week, man. Maybe it's been, you know, a rough week, and you needed some peace. So my prayer is that uh, you feel God's presence and His peace in this room. And so we know that, you know, prayer is a powerful thing. And, and like I said, Jesus said, when you pray, 
It wasn't, uh, it wasn't, hey, if you will, it was when you pray. And he knew that, you know, every believer, every Christian, every follower of Christ should be praying. We should be praying for uh, his kingdom to, to be expanded, for his will to be done. And uh, so the thing is, is oftentimes we forget that there is a spiritual battle that goes on. And so the enemy loves to attack, the, lo- the enemy loves to distract, and he loves to destroy anything that he can. That's his job, right? And so God's Word teaches us and tells us that we need to be prepared for those battles whenever they come. And Ephesians says a final word, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. We've, we've done a whole series just on the power of God and uh, how we, we as individuals need to be strong in that. We need to be strong uh, in, in the Lord. We need to know who God is. We need to know Jesus in such an intimate and personal way that, you know, whether storms of life blow into our lives, we are okay because we're grounded in who He is. And we know that his mighty power is at work. But it says, put on all of God's armor so that you'll be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. So so God's word is telling us, hey, listen, be prepared because there is a battle. There is a war that rages. And so we need to understand that. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world and against mighty powers uh, in the dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. And so Here, Scripture is saying, hey, listen, just understand, there is a battle that rages. There's a war that is going on, and so we need to be prepared for that. And so one of our greatest weapons is prayer. One of the greatest tools and one of the greatest weapons that we have to deal with this is the power of prayer. It says, therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil, and then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. You'll be standing firm. So God wants us standing firm, right? No matter what comes at us, he wants us to have the confidence and the peace of knowing that he is in control and that, you know what, that we are trusting him, that we're surrendered to him. One of the last lyrics in the song that we just finished uh, talks about, we trust you, God, we trust you. And so hopefully we do trust him. We trust him with everything. We trust him to provide. We trust him to protect. We trust him to do whatever uh, God can do. And so we, we're, we lean into that. And, and so here's the thing. We look at this and we go, you know what, there is a battle. There is an enemy. There is one that likes to attack. And so we need to know how to pray, right? Because we know that this is happening. We know that this battle is happening because God's Word has already pointed that out. And so therefore, we need to know how to utilize the weapon that God has given us to fight against the enemy. And so too often, though, we don't know how to pray. We don't pray. You know, it's like this incredible weapon has been given to us to fight back the darkness and to push back the darkness, but yet we don't utilize it. You know, it's like on Sunday mornings, we can have a, a, a large crowd like this, but we call it a prayer service and it kind of dwindles down to a select few. That's not God's intention. And you might say, well, that's out of my comfort zone, Mike. Well, it doesn't need to be out of your comfort zone. It needs to be part of your daily walk. It needs to be part of your daily rhythms. You know what I'm saying? That you're a prayer warrior. You're praying. And so this great weapon that we have, and I know we've got a lot of military families here. And so you think about this, you know, you've got a weapon that you've been given, that you've been trained for months, sometimes even years on how to utilize it to, to defend and protect, right, uh, our freedoms. And so you ought to know how to do that. And so whenever you get it, you want to be confident. You want to know how to utilize that weapon to push back, you know, the enemy, if you will. And so oftentimes uh, we, we don't do anything like that with prayer. We've got this weapon we don't know how to use. It's kind of like some, you know, saying, hey, we got an F-16 or we got an F-35, and we don't know how to use it, but we got a really pretty one sitting over here, you know what I'm saying? But we really need to know how to utilize that, and we need to know how to, how to fight back the enemy, push back the enemy, if you will. And so Jesus gave us a really good model to follow. And now, oftentimes, like I said, we use the Lord's Prayer like a, a, a chant, and that's not what God intended. That's not what Jesus taught us at all. He taught us to do something different. 
So in verse 7, this is what we talked about last week. This is out of Matthew chapter 6. This is out of the Sermon on the Mount. So this is Jesus teaching. This is Jesus talking. And he says, when you pray, don't babble on and on as people of other religions do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again and again. It becomes a chant or something like that. You know what I'm saying? And like, hey, well, if I do this the right way enough times, then maybe God will hear me. Well, you know, it's just repetitious babbling is what Jesus calls it. And, and I'm just telling you, there are times that we'll do that with the Lord's Prayer. And that's not, that's not what Jesus taught us to do. He said, man, don't do this, right? He says, don't do this. And th- that's not how God hears us. Now, we are to be um, intentional in our prayers. We're to be personal in our prayers. It's a conversation with a holy God. So we are praying and talking to a holy God. And we'll unpack that a little bit more. But Jesus made it clear, don't do that. He says, don't be like them. For your father knows exactly what you need, even before you ask him. What Jesus is saying, hey, don't, be, don't make this a religious thing. Make it a relationship thing. Make it about a relationship with the Heavenly Father. Make it about a conversation that you're having with, with God the Father. You know, don't let it be a religious thing. Let it be a relationship thing. And so whenever we see that, we go, you know what, God, I, I want to line it with your word. And so Jesus says, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. And may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. If you forgive those who sin against you, your, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. Matthew 7 through 15. And so, so when we look at that, Jesus gives us a model to follow. He said, hey, listen, I want to give you a pattern. So, so what this is, this is a pattern, not a, not a chant. It's a pattern, not a chant. So the different parts of the Lord's Prayer are meant to teach us something about God, prayer, and about our need. So whenever Jesus gives us this, and he gives us this teaching in, in, in uh, Matthew chapter 6 here, he said, let me kind of give you a model to follow. So when you pray, kind of do it like this is what he's saying. And, and so he is giving us a, an example to follow, a model to follow, to implement, if you would, or to, to apply to our lives and to our prayers. And so the different parts of the Lord's Prayer are meant to teach us something about God. So it's going to teach us about the Heavenly Father. Hopefully, whenever we come to, to a time of prayer, we're not coming to the, the time of prayer so much about us as we are about Him. Now, that, our tendency is, is we come to Him with our, kind of our list like, hey, hey, God, I need to get with you on uh, my list here. So it's about me and my list and what I want done or what my expectations are or what I, need, I think he needs to do. And that is not the way that Jesus modeled prayer. He said, hey, listen, when you, whenever you come to God, number one, understand who he is. He's God, you're not, right? And so whenever we come to him, we need to come, him, come to him in humility. And so we're understanding about something about God and then about prayer, what prayer is. We, we learn how to pray by following the model that Jesus gives us. And so we learn how to pray. And so this is how I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray with this pattern that he's given me and about our need. We need to be in prayer. The more that I'm in prayer, the more that I'm impacted and changed by by the power and the presence of God in my life. And so if you're wondering, you know, I mean, I'm not growing spiritually. I'm not doing whatever. I'm not becoming the man I want to be or the person I want to be. Then you got to go, you know, am I spending time with the Father? Am I spending time in prayer like I should be? So he says to pray like this. So our Father in heaven, and so it says we should start our prayers by humbly recognizing who we are and who God is. So, so for me, I don't just kind of r- rush into a prayer, but I take a few minutes to realize, you know, who am I talking to? Acknowledging who I'm talking to. 
There's an old acrostic that I, I've, all, I've used for years. I've heard it's called, uh, it's, it's the Acts acrostic. It's adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication, right? And, and so what I'm doing is I'm, I'm adoring God, adoration. I'm adoring who He is. I'm, I'm saying who He is. I'm proclaiming who He is. And that's what we did while ago in, in worship. We're, we're literally singing songs about who God is and saying, God, you know, you're all powerful. You're, you're there. We, you are trustworthy. God, you care about the details of our life. We're singing all these songs to Him. And so hopefully whenever you go into prayer, you're not rushing to your list, but you're taking the time to realize, you know, hey, I'm approaching the King of Kings. You know, I'm coming into the presence of the Most High. And this is the, the one true God of the universe. And so I have the privilege because of what Jesus did on the cross and because of my relationship with Jesus Christ, putting my faith in what Jesus did, I have a relationship with the God of the universe, right? And so because of that, I need to literally slow down and think about, hey, how do I approach God in a way that honors Him? Because I want to humbly come before Him. I'm not coming to God, you know, t- telling God what He's got to do. Like I'm twisting His arm like, God, you got to do this. I'm, I'm coming to Him going, you know, Father, I'm, just, I'm, I'm coming into Your presence. You are the Most High. You are the one true God. I just want to acknowledge who You are. And so think about that. The God that we're praying to spoke all that we know into existence. He said, let there be light, and there was light. You know, I mean, everything that he, he literally let, you know, he just formed the earth with his words. He knit you together in the secret place. He created everything about you. You know, and so he is this all powerful God that we approach him. And so what Jesus is saying, slow down, take a minute and realize who you're praying to. This is our father in heaven who is over all things. And he said, Hey, listen, follow that model, follow that, 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 uh, example. So we, we should start our prayers by humbly recognizing who, who, who we are and who God is. So in other words, we are broken people, right? We're in need. We're in need of a Savior. We're in need of change. Uh, we, we're in need of a lot of things. But we don't come to Him necessarily with our needs right off the bat. We just realize that we're, we're undone. But He is a holy God. And so we, we kind of get to position in order there. And so hallowed be your name. Hallowed literally means to make holy or to demonstrate as holy. So hallowed be that holy. We, we are serving a holy God. So I would say this. I wouldn't, I wouldn't just rush into prayer with unconfessed sin in my life. I wouldn't just rush into prayer, you know, and with a, you know, especially with a list or whatever, and knowing that I have been disobedient, knowing that I'm in the flesh, knowing that I've been guilty of this or guilty of that. I'm not going to rush into that. I'm going to go, you know, this is a holy God that I'm approaching you know, and God, I want to make sure that my heart's right. I want to make sure that I'm approaching you in a way that, that honors you, that brings glory to you. You know, back in the day with kings that we see in the Old Testament and even just kings in other nations, you know, if you approach the king in an unworthy manner, like if you came, with, came in with a, a down countenance or anything or a bad attitude, they could have you killed. They could have you taken out. That's why when Esther goes to the king, it's kind of a big deal, you know, that she has to be careful about how she approaches him. And so we, we need to understand, we're coming to, we're coming to God. You know, we're coming to God in prayer. We've got to know, you know what, God, I want to come to you with a pure heart. I want, I want to ask you if you will, search my heart. Show me, you know, if I, there's anything I need to confess. So we want to uh, realize that God is holy there. So when we say, hallowed be your name, what we're praying is, show us how holy and perfect and different from us you are. God, show us. You know, not just coming in and just, hey, I just want to mumble these words to you, but God, reveal your glory. God, show us more. Show me more of who you are, how powerful you are. 
how loving you are, how forgiving you are, how gracious you are, how merciful you are. And so what we're doing is we're coming in and we're saying, God, I want you to reveal more of you to me. That's why prayer changes me, because I've been in the presence of the Most High. You know what I'm saying? And so whenever I get away from that time of prayer, I'm different because I've been with, I've been with God. You know, I've been in His presence. And so we've got to make sure that we understand that. And so, so your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so in this, this one, we're saying, you know, God, we want it to be about you. God, about your kingdom. It's not about, my, not about me. And so here, let me just say this. If we pray, say, God, I want your will to be done, we've got we to mean that. But we don't often mean that. What we have a tendency to do is we pray for God to do what we want done. Like even with our children, we want God to do a certain thing with our children. Or we want God to do a certain thing with our career. And we're asking God to do certain things. And what we've got to be willing to say is, God, I, I don't know what's best. But God, I do believe that you know what's best. And so, God, I'm surrendering my life. I'm laying down my life for your kingdom, for your will to be done, not mine. Now, that's outside of our comfort zone. Because we often really pray for God to do what we want done, not for us to do what he wants done. We're not praying and asking for that. We're really just saying, God, I want you to bless what I've got planned to do. And, and so it says if we pray but refuse to submit to God's authority your will be done, then we are only deceiving ourselves and we're not really praying the way Jesus taught his followers to pray. So Jesus said, my will is to do the will of what? The Father, right? And so let me ask you, so do you live your life every day going, God, I want to be in the center of your will. God, I, I want to I be obedient to what you say. And then if, if, it, if there's really some truth in that, then you're already sharing your faith because jesus commissioned us he commanded us he told us to go and share the gospel wherever we go go you know go and go and make disciples wherever you go and so if you're obedient to that you're saying hey listen i'm going to do what god's already told me to do because we know that's god's will is that we be sharing our faith that we are you know we're, we're ministering to others he also says for us to serve others and so if you're you have a servant mentality and you're serving other people then here's the thing you're lining up with what his word says right but oftentimes what we do is we don't pray for God's will. We just want, we want our will to be done, not his. I, you know, I, I know I've heard it said before, hey, being in the center of God's will is the best place to be. It's not the safest place to be, but it is the best place to be. Because oftentimes being in the center of God's will means that you, you know what? You may be persecuted. You may be ridiculed. You may be attacked. But he says that, hey, if, it's, if you're in the center of my will... You know what? It's the best place to be. There are missionaries today, right now, that are sharing the gospel in nations that they could literally be put to death for sharing the gospel or having a Bible. Does that sound like a safe place? It's not a safe place, but they're in the middle of God's will. They, they know this is what God has called them to do. And many of them would not come back here to where we, where we think it's safe because they know that that's what God's will is for their life. And they, they're like, hey, listen, man, I trust God you know, I'm not trying, trusting myself to just be safe. I'm trusting God with everything. I'm trusting him with everything that I've got. And so we've got to be willing to say, God, do I trust you with my children? Do I trust you with my career? Do I trust you with everything? Then if we do, then we're lining up with his will. Saying, God, I want, I want to be about your kingdom, your will, not mine. As Jesus' people pray and obey God's will for them, his kingdom is made increasingly evident to the unbelieving world around them. And so whenever we line up with God's word, we line up with his will... The people around us begin to notice, you know what, that, man, they have an incredible peace. They have this incredible joy. They have this incredible 
relationship with the God, with the God above, you know, how do they have that? You know, and so it becomes a part of our witness, part of our testimony. You know, one of the cool things that this morning, I was this young man that was sitting by me in the first service and uh, all day yesterday and the day before he's been out running a chainsaw and cutting limbs and, you know, clearing people's driveways and just, just blessing people, just helping people. And when we were singing one of those songs and it was talk, talking about, you know, God help me to love people. You know, help me to show your love. That was one of the songs we were singing this morning. I leaned over to him. I put my arm around and said, hey, listen, that's exactly what you were doing the last two days. You were showing God's love to people by just doing what nobody else really maybe wants to do. And, and, and I love the fact that that's his heart. And so a while ago, in between services, he's calling me and texting me with a lady who had a need. And he said, you know, and, and he's telling me, and this is a young man that I'm sitting there going like, you know, God, thank you for young men like that. You know, that, that are willing to use what they've been given and are willing to just go serve. And what he was doing is he was living out what we're talking about right here. Hey, you know what? I want to be in the center of God's will. I want to, I want to go help others. I want to make a difference. And so I'm like, man, thank you. We had a family in our church uh, who lost uh, a lot of families that lost stuff. And, but one family lost their home. Their, their mother-in-law and father-in-law lost their home. And, and when we went there Thursday afternoon to help them move stuff and load stuff into trailers and just try to salvage what you could, you know, uh, there was an incredible peace on them. And as I watched them, you know, and, and I mean, they just lost everything. They lost their house. They lost everything. And, and I'm sitting there going, you know, God, you know, just thank you for your peace. And so they had this incredible peace. And so how they responded to losing everything was a witness to the people around them. And the other people are seeing, and that's, and that's what this is talking about. When it, God, it's about your kingdom, not my kingdom. It's about your kingdom, not stuff. Then people see that and they go, man, there's more to life than just stuff. It becomes part of our witness. And so I love how God used that. So give us this day our daily bread. And so Jesus is teaching us. I mean, God is the one we lean into. God provides. He does not give us everything that we ask for or want, but he gives us everything that we need. We know that, right? But we don't always follow that or believe that or, or submit to that. And we've got to be able to say, God, you know, help me to just trust you for everything. Help me to trust you. Help me to do the best I can with what I've been given. And, and God, I, I want to I trust you for everything, even, even for providing. I had a young lady come up to me um, in, before the first service and was telling me that she lost her job over the phone. Kind of tough way to lose it. She said, uh, but, you know, I just started praying. God, God provided a, a job. She's been wanting to move closer to family. She's moving closer to family. It's just like God was just, she said, it's like God's answering everything. And God has provided for the financial need. I mean, everything that she's needed, God has provided that. And she was like, you know, I just, I'm like, you know, God is so awesome. And I said, yes, he is. And he, here's the thing. He's provided everything that she's needed. She's prayed for it. She's at, God has provided that. And some of you guys may be going, you know, God, uh, you know, I've, I've prayed for some things and you hadn't answered those. We have to ask yourself, is it a need or is it a want, you know? And, and so God will meet our needs. He will meet it through some, sometimes other people. And then he just teaches us through all that. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. This line in the, in the prayer is significant because as we pray, we confess our sins to God and admit our need to be forgiven. We have to, get to, we have to come there and say, God, you know, I want you to search my heart. And hopefully you guys do this regularly. But you go, you know, God, will you search my heart? Will you show me if there's any sin in my life, any unconfessed sin? God, is there, is there a sin of, uh, of commission, something I have committed, a sin I have committed? Is there a sin of omission, something I have, over, I have overlooked, something I have not done that I should be doing? And to know what is right and not do it, that is what? That's sin. And so if we know we should be doing something, we're not doing it, that's sin. If we do some things that we know are sin, we commit sin. And so we got to go, God, will you search my heart? Will you show me what I need to confess to you? And so what Jesus said, hey, listen, man, come to the Father 
and, and just be real about where you are. God, if I've been, have I been a gossip this week? God, I want to I ask you, to, you know, to show me where I've done that. And God, I want to go apologize to those people that I spoke to or that I talked about. God, if I've done something wrong this week, will you reveal it? You know, maybe I was slanderous towards somebody. Maybe I was lazy or slothful. You know, we don't, in this culture, that's almost accepted. But I'm just telling you, God's Word says that that is sin. God, help me to not be a lazy person. Help me to be diligent and effective. And, and God, help me to be fervent in what I do. Because, God, I don't work for man. I work for you. I had a guy tell me the other day, he said, you know, he said, man, he said, the company I work for can, can make you into a sorry, sorry worker. I said, dude, you don't work for that company. I said, you work for the Lord. He was like, you know what? You're right. So we can't blame it on somebody. We said, God, I work for you. No matter what your company is, who your boss is, maybe they let you go by a phone call. You got to say, you know what, God, I work for you. I don't work for them. And then we've got to be willing to say, God, I want to be diligent. I want to be, be fervent in what I do. And I want the way I work to be part of my witness to you, God. I want people to see that. And so it says, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. So we have to not only realize that we need forgiveness, but we've got to be willing to forgive others. And I'll just tell you this, you know, I, I come to God and ask God, you know, will you show me what I need to confess to you? God, I've been in the flesh today. And Lord, I want to confess to you that I have been in the flesh. And I want to be led by your spirit, not by my flesh. My flesh always gets me in trouble. God, I want to be led by your spirit. And, you know, and so I confess that to God. But there are times that someone has hurt me or wounded me, and I have to, you know what, I have to forgive them. Maybe they, they've talked about me or they've run, you know, whatever. I've got to be willing to forgive them and say, God, you know, I forgive them. And here's the thing, our memory works too good, right? Our memory works too good. And so there are times that I have to forgive over and over and over and over again. So, God, I'm choosing to forgive again. God, I want this to be final. I want to be, and I, if I have to continue to go to, you know, the Lord and say, God, I'm, I'm asking you to help me to forgive, that's okay. But just keep forgiving. Don't hold a grudge. Don't hold that bitterness, anger, and resentment inside. It says you cannot receive forgiveness if you don't admit that you need it. You know, the first place that we need to come to is realize that we're all broken and that we need a Savior. You know, if, we, if you're one of those where you think, hey, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty good old fellow. You know, I haven't done a whole lot wrong. I've never killed anybody, never stole anything or whatever. But here's the thing. If you've ever lied, if you've ever lusted, if you've ever done anything, you're in need of a Savior. I can remember guys in high school. Now, y'all probably didn't hang around red, rednecks like I did. But I can remember in high school talking, about, talking to one guy about, you know, about the difference between heaven and hell. He goes, man, I'm going to go to hell. He said, I'll be the hit fire chief down there. I'm like, I don't think it works that way, buddy. You know, uh, I said, uh, it's a different in a ball game than what you're thinking about. I said, it's not like you go down there and there's a party with all your, your drinking buddies. I said, what it is, what God's word says is that it's total separation from God and there's total separation and it's nothing but anguish and it, it's not what anybody would want anybody to experience. And so that's the reason that Jesus spoke more about hell than he did about heaven because he didn't want anybody to experience that. And if you go, well, I don't know if I really believe in hell, then you don't believe in the Bible. You don't believe in Jesus. You don't believe in anything he said then. But here's the thing, you're going to spend an eternity in one of two places, in, hell, in a place called hell, separated from God, or in heaven, where Jesus is at, where God is at, and it's where we should all want to be. And so Jesus is addressing it. So if you have that mentality, hey, man, I don't really need to be saved, then you're lost. And my prayer is that God will give you eyes to see, ears to hear today that, you know what, you need to put your faith in Christ. And you need to go from being one who just thinks, that, you know what, I'm going to be okay to realize that, man, I am broken. I'm in need of a Savior. I need to be redeemed. I need to be changed. I need to be transformed. I'm not okay. And let me just tell you, the best place to be sometimes is just to say, you know what? I'm not okay. I need Jesus in my life. And so we've got to get to that point where we admit that. 
It says, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. It says, when we confess our sin to God, we're admitting our need to be forgiven and that we have dishonored God. We're, we're just admitting that. We're going, God, I, I've blown it. I've messed up. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So God, don't let me go down that road. Don't let me step into that temptation. You know, and I tell people, you know, there's plenty of times whenever God gives us wisdom and he, gives, he, he, he delivers us from it. But what we have this tendency to do, we want to see how close we can get to sin. It's kind of like going out on a date. And, uh, you know, and, and the question is, uh, how, how far did you go? Well, you know, we didn't go all the way. Well, the thing is, is if you had lust or, you know, if you were tempted or whatever, you've already gone too far. You've got to be able to say, you know what, God, I don't even want to get close to the line of sin. I want to see how far away from sin I can be. Because remember, we're praying to a what? A holy God? And so it shouldn't be, hey, let me see how close to sin I can get, how close to the edge I can get without falling over into that. And so, God, I want to see how close I can get to you, not how close I can get to sin. Because, you know, a lot of times we think, well, I just want to see how close I can get to sin so that I fit in and that nobody thinks I'm weird or that I'm a holy roller or that I'm too religious or whatever. And, man, it's not about any of that. It's about, hey, man, I love Jesus and I want to fall in love with Jesus. And I want to tell people about Jesus. That's okay. Because that's what's going to last in eternity. And so we have a tendency to try to see how close we can get. And it's kind of like an alcoholic saying, hey, man, I'm just going to go down and hang out at the bar. Not I'm a, because of the alcohol. I just like the peanuts they got in there. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's all I like. And that's just stupid, right? We'd go, man, that's just dumb. But we will do other things. Maybe you're a shopaholic and you don't have any money. You're, you know, you're, you're, you're already, your bank account's tapped out. And you're thinking, hey, man, I got, I got a sale going on today. I'm going to go down and just, I'm just going to go look. Well, don't tempt yourself. You know, I mean, just don't even go, you know, instead of, instead of going shopping, maybe you ought to go, you know, pick up cans or maybe you ought to, you know, start working on, Hey, what can we sell? Putting together a yard sale, you know, so you can get your, you know, your budget back in line. But that's what we do. We just, we just kind of, we want to get close to stuff. We just want to tempt ourselves. And God said, don't do that. Confession is great, but if we don't repent of our sin, then we're doomed to repeat it. We're to be fully dependent upon the Holy Spirit who lives in us. So confession is agreeing with God that it's sin, right? It's going, God, I know that's sin. So we're, confession is, God, it is sin. I agree with you. I'm confessing that it's sin. But what we have a tendency to do is we don't want to repent. We just want to confess that it's sin, agree with God that it's sin, but we don't want to repent and turn to him. We don't want to turn from the sin. We just want to get close to it again. And then we confess, hey, that's sin. We know that's sin. We point out, we say, that's sin. And God said, all right, we'll repent, turn and walk towards me. Walk away from the sin and walk towards me. And so we've got to be willing to say, God, I need the work of the Holy Spirit in my life so that I'm, I'm not chasing after the things of this world. I'm chasing after you. We're to ask God to give us eyes that see temptation coming and the desire to escape it. God, help me to not only see it when it's coming, but the desire to go the other way. Because a lot of times our desire is to be there close to fit in to be accepted rather than to be holy it says for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever amen so here's the thing what, what jesus is saying man we're praying for god's kingdom we want we want his kingdom to be glorified we want it to be about god uh, we pray for god's kingdom and power and glory to be lifted up and made more beautiful in the eyes of all people we want the kingdom of god to be what people get excited about rather than the things of this world you know, I could pull a Lamborghini up in here and some of you guys get more excited about that Lamborghini than you would about God or about prayer or about the word of God. You'll be more excited about something than you would about the creator who creates all things, right? 
And so we can, we can kind of get our focus on the wrong things. We'll get more excited about stuff of this world than we will about the things of God. And, and what Jesus was modeling is that, is that, man, we'll get so excited about what God is doing. That there's, there's souls being saved. There's lives being changed. There are people that are being healed. You know, that we're seeing God do supernatural things. We get excited about that. And, and instead, we get excited about stuff that can be blown away in a storm. And so we've got to be willing to say, God, you know, help me to stay focused on what matters most. Amen is an expression that means so be it or make it so. And so amen means to, God, make it so. Make it so. And so we pray in agreement with what Jesus has prayed. We're praying powerful prayers. We're praying what has been modeled by the Son of God himself. And we're going, you know, God, make it be so. Lord, let it, let it happen. We're in agreement with him on that. There's a video I want you guys to watch. I Check this out. Team to go to battle for and with others. Go into God on behalf of other people. Whatever the case may be, it, it's a form of worship to go and pray with and for others. Prayer to me is intimacy with Jesus, just being a friend, talking to him like I would talk to my friend, like I would share with him my most intimate details, my everything in my life. He's just our everything i mean we got to get that we can't go nowhere in life without jesus in prayer it's just like anything else that you want to be great at in life we have to be in, intentional at it it's, it's not scripted it's your heart and, and god knows what you want god knows what you need and what god wants to hear is your heart it's spending the time daily just communicating with god it's whether it's in your your prayer closet whether you're driving down the road wherever it is that you are just, just spend time with God is communicating. Walmart is the best place to go and pray for people um, because the world we live in now needs some Jesus. There's power in prayer. We have seen signs, wonders, miracles here at Journey Church. We pray from everything from the school bus drivers to everybody throughout the staff, the lunchroom workers. We view them all as educators yes. and they all have an impact on our kids. God cares about your heart. God wants to know your heart. So if it's on your heart, then, then pray for it. It's, it's as simple as that. Because yeah, he's after your heart. And you only can give him your heart. And that, that's what he's after. At the end of the day, in the beginning of the day, is, is our heart. The second Saturday of each month, we would like to invite you either to the school or back here at Journey for prayer at 9 o'clock. All is welcome, and all is invited. That's our prayer team. And, uh, man, they pray heaven down, I'm just telling you. They, they believe what they're praying. They believe the Word of God. They believe the promises of God. And uh, they pray for you guys. Like I said, they've been praying for you guys all weekend. And so uh, second uh, Saturday of every month, they gather for prayer here. And uh, we'll, we'll, actually, they, they meet at the schools, and they pray at 8 o'clock, and then we come here at 9 o'clock and pray. And uh, we'd love for you guys to be a part of that. But, we, you know, we want you to grow and, uh, and mature to the point of where your prayers, man, it's a rhythm of life. You're praying daily for God to do special things. And so this passage here, I love this. It says, remember in prayer, or the statement here, it says, remember in prayer, God is far more interested in our communi communicating with him and speaking from our hearts than he is in the specific words we use. I think there are times we're like, man, I don't know the right words to use. You just pray to Jesus like you're talking to a friend. Now, remember, he is the, the one true God. But you're praying and you're talking. It's a conversation. It's a relationship. 
that you're having with the Most High. And so just keep that in mind. And then this passage here, Philippians 4, 6, 7 says, declares, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by what? Prayer and petition. With thanksgiving, present your request to God. So with everything, pray about everything. And so yesterday, uh, when we were in here, we were praying over people. You know, we were praying for some for healing. We were going, God, we're praying with thanksgiving. Pray and believe Him. You know, we've got to pray with a, a, a sense of expectation. God, we're believing. We're praying. We're giving thanks in advance. And that's what it says. It says, present your request to God with that thanksgiving already in your mind. And look at what it says here. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. God begins to put that protection over our mind that, you know, no matter what we go through, no matter what's coming our way, God gives me peace. And I trust Him. I hope you trust Him. I hope you trust Him with your salvation. If not, maybe today. I hope you trust Him with your family, with your children, with your marriage, with your finances. He's trustworthy, I promise you. And so hopefully we trust Him. It says, in the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So here's some next steps. Maybe today for you, this is what you'd say, hey, you know, I'm walking out of here. I will follow the model of prayer that Jesus gave us and seek to make it sincere and personal. Make it sincere and personal. So maybe today or, or maybe tomorrow or maybe every day this week, you get up and you take that, that model prayer and you begin to, begin to hey, make that personal. Make it sincere. Make it your prayer. Follow the model that Jesus gave us, but pray for his kingdom. Pray for his will to be done. I will not walk in fear of the enemy, but will walk in peace knowing that God is in control. See, I believe there's some of you in this room that you need to hear that because you came in here fearful today. Maybe this whole week you've been fearful. You know, but you, you need to go, you know what? God is in control. God's got this. He will provide. He will protect. And God is going to meet the needs that we have. It may not be in the time that I want. It may not be whenever I think it should happen. But it will be in His timing. And it will be for His glory. And, it, and it's His will that I'm praying for. That's what we begin to pray for. I want to ask you just to bow your heads and close your eyes. And maybe you're here today and you've never put your faith in Jesus for salvation. You've never been saved. You're lost. You've been wondering. You've been searching. And maybe today you're, you're here just trying to check out, man, is this Jesus thing real? I'm telling you, He's real. And He loves you. And He wants a relationship with you. He's done everything that is necessary for you to be in right standing with the Father and to have a right relationship with Him. And so it comes down to, do you trust Jesus enough to surrender your life to Him? And just surrender and just say, Jesus, I give you everything. I give you my life. I give you my future. I give you my career. I give you everything. I surrender all. And just maybe today, that, that's, the, that's the decision that you need to make. So I want you just to ask, say, Jesus, will you come into my life? Will you come into my heart? Will you be my leader? Will you be my Lord? Jesus, I confess to you that I'm a sinner. I confess to you that I'm broken. I confess to you that I'm in need. He already knows it. You're just agreeing with him, right? But you say, I want to repent. I want to quit walking and quit living the way I've been living. I want to live for you. I want to turn to you. And so, Jesus, with everything that's in me, I want to put my faith in Jesus Christ for salvation to be changed, to be made whole, to be redeemed. If that's your prayer, if you just prayed that prayer and you're here in the room, if you would, just raise your hand and say, Mike, I just prayed that prayer with you. Anybody? I see your hand right there. Anybody else? Anybody else? Anybody else? Just raise your hand high and say, hey, I just prayed that prayer. Okay, I see your hand over here. Maybe you're watching online 
You can text my decision to 94,000. We want to know about your decision. And so I thank God for salvation for these that have raised their hand. And let me just tell you, it's childlike faith. It's literally surrendering and saying, Jesus, here is my life. Here is my heart. I give you everything. And he will step in and he will change us and transform us to become more and more like him so that we can walk in that obedience and we can walk in that power and we can walk in that authority and we can walk with that peace and we can be a light in a dark world. See, there's a lot of believers in this room. So I want to ask you to, if you would, to ask God, I want you to pray this one prayer. If you're a believer, I want you to pray this one prayer. God, will you search my heart and show me what I need to confess today? God, will you show me a sin maybe that I'm holding on to? God, will you show me if there's something that I, I seem to love more than I love you? God, will you reveal that to me? And God, will you give me the strength and you get, will you give me the courage to deal with it today? To not walk out of here and not leave here? continuing to walk in this way but God to walk in a way that brings honor and glory to your name and so God will you search my heart and so I'll just say this I believe some of you God's already answered that prayer he's already revealed that for some of you watching online God's already revealed what you need to do the question is will you be obedient will you trust him enough to let go will you trust him enough to leave it behind will you trust him enough to let him heal you in just a minute, the worship team is going to lead us through a song response. And I want to give you an opportunity to just respond as the Holy Spirit leads. The question is, do you trust him enough to respond and to be obedient? I want to ask everybody to stand all across the room. Just stand. You respond as the Holy Spirit leads. Father, I pray that you would move in this moment, God. God, I'm praying for spiritual surgery to take place in every heart in this room. God, if there's something that we need to confess, that we need to lay down, that we need to let go of, God, that we would trust you enough to do that. That is my prayer. God, for, so that your kingdom, your work, your will would be done in this room, on this earth, right now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You respond as the Holy Spirit leads.